All right, welcome to the Periscu Problem Solving Podcast, where we talk about common leadership problems and we address solutions to these problems. I'm your host, Whiskey Sango, and today we're talking about the conundrum of discipline. Let's get started. So I want to tell a story today about the first time that I ever had any sort of a cutaway. So cutaway, for those that you may not know, is basically where you have uh, an emergency procedure, an equipment malfunction, uh, while skydiving or parachuting, and you basically have to cut away from your main parachute and go to your reserve parachute. So very dangerous situation. So I got a story about my first cutaway today, uh, but before we get into that, I want to talk to you about the importance, the importance of discipline. So I wholeheartedly believe that discipline is doing the basics over and over and over again until you become a master at something. And so to me, the discipline formula that I'm sort of going to get after today is that hard work over time equals pro-level execution. And here's the benefit. I firmly believe that if you guys take the advice that I give you today, uh, that you guys can execute any skill set that you're getting after on a pro-level execution. So the problem we're trying to get get after is how do we execute at the pro-level Well, I believe that the answer is discipline. All right, let's get into the story. Okay, so my first cutaway. So it's uh, Paris Valley, California. I'm stationed in Okinawa, Japan, and we've decided to go TDY to the States to kind of get this block-level training instruction to get our operational team better at jumping in formation, precision parachuting, uh, free-falling together as a team, and so it's, it's a fun TDY, right? We go back to the States, we hire all these civilians, we get time in the wind tunnel, um, and we sort of go through this uh, rigorous uh, one to two week uh, jump saturation training, jumping out of civilian aircraft with civilian instructors to just get as good as we can at precision parachuting and precision uh, free fall. So we're at the end of this two week block. Uh, we have 65 plus jumps, which is a lot more than what we normally do normal for us to jump like once a month or once every few months Uh, but we've got like 60 jumps uh, in this jump block and everybody's just performing phenomenally and at the end I've been tasked to transition into a different parachute system specifically the advanced parachute system for the military which is a very small uh, more maneuverable uh, parachute so imagine going from driving a Mack truck or a very slow truck van car with no you know sort of muscle behind it and then you go to driving this you know tight turning porsche ferrari type fast moving car so that was the advanced uh, parachute system so it's the the last jump of the last week i'm jumping this aps rig i'm transitioning you know from jumping these slow rigs to this fast maneuverable rig and i think we've done approximately eight jumps that day so we're on our last final jump you know, our task is basically, hey, we're going to do a four-way, which means we're going to jump out, you know, four people all together. Uh, we're going to do some uh, precision uh, free-falling together, and then we're going to get under canopy, and we're going to do, you know, precision accuracy to land at the target. So, you know, the green light comes on, the roller door comes out, up, out of the Twin Otter aircraft. Um, you know, we get the standby call. And, you know, we kind of get pushed out of the aircraft uh, by our instructor. I climb out first, uh, basically getting a handhold on the side. 
uh, of this, you know, twin prop aircraft. And then my team gets in a three-way formation and they basically jump out. And then I'm acting like I'm kind of like filming them. Right. And then I'm going to slot in and link up with them. So they get this, you know, ready, set, go to kind of cage me into where they're going to, when they're going to jump so I can, I can, you know, time my exit with them. So they jump out. I fall just a quarter second before them and I stay in cadence with them. You know, they, they nail their exit and we had a super uh, good jump team, probably one of the best jump teams that I've been a part of in the military out of Oki. I link up with them. Uh, once they kind of come off the, you know, the hill and they get into terminal velocity, I, you know, fly my body into, to get level and slot dock with them. And then we kind of like, you know, do these sort of like link up unstable, like a uh, front flip. And then we go back in and we link up again and we kind of repeat this maneuver until we get to our break altitude, which is roughly 6,000 feet. So from 12,000 to 6,000 feet, we're working on relative work and, you know, flying together. Once we get to our 6,000 foot altitude, we basically turn opposite directions, track off, you know, so we can get some distance between us to pull at a safe altitude. Uh, once we get to 4,000 feet, we wave off to show that we're going to pull and we, you know, toss our canopies out. They get air and then we open out uh, under canopy. So as soon as my canopy gets open, I basically check it to make sure that it's a, a safe canopy to fly. So it's square, it's, uh, you know, the slider is all the way down and then I check the steerability. You know, so basically I've got a visor helmet on, so I pop up my visor to the, my uh, skydiving cookie helmet. I clear my ears, you know, because of all that increased pressure. I clear my ears and then I uh, unstow my brakes to check the steerability of my canopy. And as soon as I unstow my brakes, basically I start going into this. A hard turn. So if you're under this high performing canopy and you go into a tight turn or you have a sharp turn, basically all that blood flow starts to go out from you because you're getting all these G forces from the tight turn. So I start kind of getting these tight, hard G forces kind of pressed on my body. And I just reach up and grab my opposite toggle. I'm like, okay, something's wrong with my shoot. I got to figure it out. And I realized that uh, basically when I unstead my brakes, one of my uh, my right brake line or my right toggle, uh, was tangled and trapped. So I was caught in this sort of like, uh, immediate turn. Uh, so I basically have to try and figure out how to, how do I unfoul my right brake line so that I can steer my canopy appropriately and start going in the direction of the drop zone. So I'm checking the air for other jumpers to make sure I'm not steering into anybody. Cause I'm kind of just wildly flying my chute at this point. Uh, but I, but I'm at least stable, right? So I've, I've, normalize the malfunction. I have like one of my brakes is, uh, you know, sort of in this 75% braking position. And, and the other one is at full flight and I'm trying to, you know, unstow my, my brake toggle. And so I'm really not able to, you know, just sort of yanking on it and trying to get it to come down like a little bit in a panic, you know, cause I'm not, I've never had a cutaway before. So I'm a little bit in a panic and I'm like, okay, slow down. How do I untangle this line? And then it just kind of hits me this lightning bolt like kind of goes through my brain hey if you're more than 50 percent opposite toggle to counter the turn above 2500 feet perform cutaway procedures so before each jump we have these emergency procedures that we go through hey what do you do if you're falling through a cloud what do you do if you're have a collision with another jumper what do you do if you're unstable exit what do you do if you have a you know a, your pilot sheet gets wrapped around your legs so they have all these sort of situations that you go through and now one of these situations is happening to me and it just kind of comes to me, hey, here's the solution because I had all of this prep work and training. So I kind of go back in. I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, 
that's what that's that's what I'm supposed to do. And so I kind of you know check my altimeter, 2,700 feet. All right, I'm starting to get close to that decision point. Relook at my um, uh, right brake line, determine it's still fouled, and I'm like, okay, well I can't really steer this canopy effectively. I can steer it, but not very effectively. I should have a good reserve canopy underneath me, and I I may be able to resolve you know this tangled line but I'm going to steer way off course. And if I can't, it's going to be a huge problem to land it. So I make the determination, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go by the checklist and I'm going to cut away from the main canopy. So I go into my cutaway procedures, just as you know, my emergency procedures training and checklist has uh, sort of directed me, you know, so look and grab cutaway pillow, look and grab reserve rip cord, pull and throw cutaway pillow, pull and throw reserve rib cord. And I just, you know, kind of go back into this free fall position because now I've just cut away from my main canopy. And then a few seconds later, my reserve cut, you know, canopy opens and it's just this big relief. And I'm like, man, I owe the rigor some beer. But the big crazy thing that I took away from it was how at that moment when I really needed it, uh, that my emergency procedure just kind of came into my head. And really it was the discipline that the military had forced upon me of doing these emergency procedures briefs for the last 400 jumps before this moment of just over and over again, hey, drilling into me these EPs, drilling into me these basic sort of procedures that I needed to do in an emergency and just kind of getting that repetition. So I think for us as leaders, it's really important to consider what discipline looks like so that we have it, these skill sets when we need them the most. So today I'm going to kind of get into these couple truths and a lie surrounding it, but I really just wanted to share that story with you to say, hey, it does matter and it can matter uh, when you need it the most. Uh, so that, that's kind of my example and lead in. So here's kind of the funny thing I think when I think about discipline. Before I kind of get into these two truths and a lie, I kind of just want to talk about some information sort of surrounding discipline. So. To me, discipline, when we think about discipline, it feels like this dirty word, this thing that we're trying to get away from. Uh, it's waking up in the morning. It's exercising when we don't want to. It's this relentless type effort. And maybe you'll see results and maybe you won't. Um, and so we kind of give it this negative connotation, but I think really trying to switch that mindset and understanding the critical nature and why it's so important is is really to me it's the key to pro level execution so kind of like what i talked about those emergency procedures over and over again those last 11 years of operations kind of gave me that significant edge in a potentially fatal situation I, or at least a, a situation where i would have could have hurt myself uh pretty significantly if i tried to land that parachute configuration and hadn't been able to sort out uh, the issues um so I kind of got, I got two truths, two truths and a lie that I want to talk to you guys about today. Uh, so the, the lie is, I think when we tell ourselves with like, how do we get to this pro level execution? One of the lies that we tell ourselves is we can buy our way out of it. Right? So a lot of people like, like I say, you want to become better at shooting. The first thing that you're going to want to do in your brain is, all right, I got to buy the best assault rifle, the best trigger, the best uh, upper receiver with the best length barrel. I'm going to do all this research and and 100% those things will help you become a better shooter. But really, they're not going to matter squat. If you don't understand basic shooting fundamentals, uh, you're just, you're really this jerk with a super nice gun. 
um, if you haven't trained over and over to get at the get at the basics. I think one of the lies that we tell ourselves is like, I can't get to this pro level execution if I don't have the best equipment. And that's just sort of not true. There's definitely entry level equipment that you can perform very well at. It's not always the hardware that gets us to this pro level of execution or, or another lie that very sounds very similar, right? Is that guy's only good because of how good his equipment is. Like he has the best basketball. He's got the best shoes. He's got the best, you know, bow. He's got a $2,000 bow. That's the only reason he's good, right? No, it's because he's good at that because he's mastered uh, this basics of execution. So that's going to kind of point us into these two truths. Again, so the lie is if I'm going to be professional, I got to have the pro level gear, right? Not true. That's a lie. Truth number one, okay, truth number one is to attain the ABCs. So with every skill set that you're trying to master, every skill set that you're trying to get to a pro level execution, leadership, uh, maybe it's a skill set you're trying to master, maybe it's a problem solving process, I don't know. Whatever you're trying to master and get to pro level execution, there's an ABC type mechanic involved in any of these skills. So for instance, like let's take archery or shooting. There's a correct stance. There's a correct grip. There's an ideal draw sequence. There's a proper side alignment. There's correct trigger pull and on and on. So, but there are basic subsets of this task or skill set that you first have to learn what the correct level order is before they can be mastered. And I will tell you, there's no shortage of YouTubers uh, trying to basically hand everybody these, or podcasters, right? They're trying to hand everybody these uh ABCs to solve for skill set X. Uh, and you can kind of sift through these and they'll have common themes, right? And you can attain these ABCs to know what you need to work on, which kind of brings us to truth number two. Again, truth number one, though, attain the ABCs. Truth number two. Truth number two is practice perfection. So once you've learned these basic components, you can begin to practice them over and over and over again. And the more repetition that you get with basically training these ABCs to perfect this skill set, nuances and isms will eventually come into place as uh, you all learn from your training. So you want to fight the urge to become complacent, like, hey, my free throw shot is good enough. Like, I don't think Michael Jordan ever said that, right? He was continually waking up hours before his entire team to go practice his free throws. So like you're never going to really attain that level of perfection that you just don't need to practice basic mechanics of your shot or basic mechanics of whatever skill set, basic mechanics of communication or giving a speech or uh, running a meeting, right? Or solving a problem. So you continue to have to learn and perfect and repeat the basics so you can get good repetitions. And eventually these nuances and isms are going to come into places you learn uh, from your training. So fight that urge to become com- complacent and continue to raise the bar of training uh, and, and work to master the basics. So truth number two, practice perfection. All right, I'll give you guys a bonus lie. So there is a bonus lie and a point of contention. So another lie that we tell ourselves when like trying to get to pro-level execution of some sort of skill set, talent is all you need. Uh, to become a professional. So broad talent and genetics are helpful 100% at becoming good at something quickly, but they also allow you to become, you know, that top 0.001% if you pair it with discipline. And I would argue that discipline will overcome talent if talent 
shows no hard work. So the bonus lie that we tell ourselves is like, hey, I'm just never going to be a good shot because I just don't have good hand-eye. Well, it's true. You may not have good hand-eye, but with discipline, you can train your hand-eye to be better, right? With discipline, you can overcome a lot of talent uh, deficiencies. And talent, honestly, will put you in a bad place as far as becoming lazy. Uh, So discipline I've often seen, including myself, like I've had other people that are more disciplined than me, uh, where I'm more talented, and eventually they become better than me because they want it uh, more. That discipline drives them. Uh, to sort of execute better. Okay, so the wrap-up is, right, we got a couple of lies. Number one, we can buy our way uh, to becoming a professional level of execution. We can buy the right equipment. We can get all the right stuff. Uh, we can get the right golf clubs. We can get whatever, right? And that's just going to make us instantly awesome. Not true, right? Don't buy the infomercial. It's just it's not going to work. Uh, the the other lie that we talked about is is that talent is all you need to become a professional, right? No, talent of, oftentimes is a trap uh, because it makes us undisciplined. So the two truths to getting that pro-level execution is, number one, attain the ABCs, right? What are the basic mechanics of a skill set? And then truth number two, once you get those basic mechanics, is how am I going to practice perfection? How am I going to work towards that perfect practice uh, over and over again so I get to this master pro-level execution that is sort of like, wow, how did this guy, how does this guy do that? So what is that equal to? So here's the discipline equation that I got for you guys. Hard work in these basic skill sets over time is going to get you to this black belt level of execution. Again, that discipline equation is hard work in this basic skills over time is going to equal that black belt level of execution. Okay. Thanks for listening and tuning in today. Uh, if you guys want some show notes, uh, you know, just some sort of questions to get after generating better discipline in your own lives or, you know, how to get after that problem of getting to that pro level of execution, uh, go check out my leadership blog. I've got some good questions to kind of drive some discussion within your organizations or really just drive some self, um, some self inflecting self-introspection uh for yourself thanks for tuning in y'all take it easy